0: Hey y'all, this is your host, Elise Robinson, with Nobody Wants to Work Though podcast, I hope these stories will inspire you to switch careers. I was an auditor in my past life and now I'm in tech and let's get to it. We are
1: Switch Into Tech, tech resources to accelerate your career in information
0: technology, monthly classes on tech topics. We offer free or discounted exam vouchers, scholarships, free Udemy courses, free events,
1: free boot camps, and more. You can find us at www.switchintotech.org.
0: Hey y'all, this is Elise Robinson again with Nobody Wants to Work Though. Today I have Mia and uh, she's going to tell us about her interesting career switch and introduce yourself, Mia. Hi, Liz.
1: Thanks for having me on. So my name is Mia Zamberano. I am a licensed mental health therapist and a mental performance expert. So I I started my journey, I guess, in my initial field, I've always been a therapist. So my, my switch into different careers has kind of looked like wandering within many different sectors of being a therapist. So when I first started out, uh, especially coming out during and coming out of my graduate program, I was doing something called in-home family therapy, and for those of you that may or may not be familiar with the the field, there's actually a, a like I said, a lot of different sectors you can go into. You can go into hospital settings as a social worker or a therapist. You can go into residential settings, program settings, outpatient settings where you're seeing someone in office, uh, and school-based. And one of those happens to be in-home, where you are literally going into people's homes and providing therapy for the family, for an individual, for a child. So I I did my graduate program at Boston University. And I remember when my field internship instructor pulled me in, she kind of looked at me and said, would you be open to doing this, meaning in-home therapy? And I said, yeah, why not? Like I didn't know any better. I was young, and I just wanted to get in the field so badly. I knew that was something I wanted to do at that point in my life, really young. And it was just such an interesting experience. It was kind of enchanting at first. It was really interesting getting to see people in their home environment. Uh, but you, you know, like a lot of jobs, you are grossly underpaid, <laughs> and you are being worn super thin. And the field itself, overall, there's just a, such a high burnout. And turnover rate. I remember even those couple years I was in that one uh that one environment that one agency setting it felt like every time we had a team meeting someone was leaving and at some point I was like, what's going on here <laughs> So you know I had that experience for a number of years and at some point I was trying to make these transitions knowing and the narrative here was, I know I want to do this. It just feels so intense. How do I make it work for me? But I enjoyed the work itself. But driving, it wasn't just driving to and from an office. I'm driving to an office, to someone's house, to someone else's house. And I'm doing this all day long. There were times where even while I was still in grad school, I wasn't getting home till eight o'clock at night, you know, traveling all over Boston or the Boston area. So it was, yeah, it was exhausting. And And I still loved it. So I was just trying to find a way. And I think for a lot of us, it feels like we're trying to fit a circle in a square. It's like you have an idea or something that you really love doing, but the big picture, like it's just not fitting completely. So that's how I started. And where I continued to shift was I said, okay, let me try the outpatient setting where maybe I'm I'm a little bit in a school and then I'm seeing someone in an office. And even in that setting, they still had me going out and doing community work going to, because they knew that was part of my background. It was a service they offered. So it took quite a bit to actually pull myself out of that because, you know, at least you and I talked earlier of this just kind of narrative of you're supposed to do something, you're supposed to do it for a while to be able to show that you're competent, that you're going to be successful, that you can kind of earn your skin in the game, right? So it was just this narrative, like, I'm young, I'm new, I have to keep doing this. I can't switch this early. And at some point, I remember sitting in the parking lot of my job, like, you know, maybe four years into the game, and just being like, what, what's, what am I doing? Why do I have to do this like this? And I took a chance, I was reading actually a Gabrielle Bernstein book at the time. And It was just all about kind of trusting your gut and trying to go for the next thing, giving yourself permission to do so, and just knowing your worth and your value. And that's where I went to a small private practice. So where it was a stark contrast was like the nature of the work I was doing, that it was a much smaller team, uh, but it was all in office. It was in one place and it felt really good. And, you know, one, two, skip a few. Now I'm down in South Florida (laughs) and I have my own business. And... You know, that looks like a couple different things, but it's been really exciting to make it my own. And I think that was the difference, was instead of me trying to fit a mold of what I was supposed to be doing in that world, it was more of me getting to do what I want to do by honoring that world, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, I know Boston well. It was my first oh, yeah. job. Uh-huh. Good job. I worked for the IRS. Um, oh, yeah. Boston's an amazing city. I love Boston. Cold is cold, <laughs> cold. cold. I'm originally from California. So okay. people are like, why are you here?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I came and... from New Jersey, so it wasn't too much of a question. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Even the even the accents are kind of the
1: same. <laughs> right. I know.
0: Not far off. <laughs> and uh, you know, Boston. I say, uh, it almost killed me. Like I say, I do, I did time in Boston cause it was mm-hmm. such a, uh, such a drastic change, but, sure. but you touched on so much, you know, having to stay there to, you know, get your street credit
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I did three years in Boston because, you know, I, I wanted to, I was a federal worker. And so at three year mark, you have status. And mm-hmm, so, you mm-hmm. can come, you know, come and go as you please and you get preference and things like that. Um, and so I had to stay, I had to stay and suffer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and eventually I had got transferred to San Diego, um, which okay. <laughs> I hated San Diego. Really? <laughs> Yes, um, it, it, at the time, they had a huge homeless population. I would get harassed every day because mm-hmm. I lived downtown. I actually lived mm-hmm. up the street from my job. and so I could like walk to work if I want to or take the train or the bus. And yeah, that didn't last long. yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, outside of that, um, you know, the career switch and becoming an entrepreneur, um. Is is an experience. Um, Oh yeah. How do you deal with you know the billing, the clients, and you know accounting and everything else? Yeah. With that. Well, it
1: was a huge learning curve, honestly, because in a lot of the settings I was talking about, where there was comfort, was I was working for someone else. Even as, as that looks like for taxes, you know, it's a lot taking off your plate. You get a sheet at the end of the year, you present it, and you're good. Uh, And and especially in those settings, you tend to get money back as opposed to owing money. So, you know, that's always at face value nice. Uh, What I will say is I think that is part of why it took me so long to make the jump was it was this, I don't know how to do this. And I think where I kind of got lucky was uh, in my small practice I was talking about up in Massachusetts you know it was it was te- i was technically contracted but at some point they made it so that we were employees of still so i got a taste of what that looked like what it looked like to write off expenses what it looked like to kind of keep track of everything and i think we're now being like fully in the trenches of being an entrepreneur and a business owner you know it it's it's always a learning curve cuz each year it's growing each year it's changing and evolving so you know, I think a lot of people get discouraged because they, you know, we think we don't know how. And I think what I would say is, don't feel like you have to know everything. Like, there's always people to support you in that. And that's, I- I'll be totally honest, like, I'm still getting support and figuring out the logistics of everything, for sure.
0: Definitely. Um, <laughs> This is kind of deviating from my question uh, list, but it's on the list. Yeah. Um, what was the catalyst that made you want to make the change? And did you have support when you, you made this change? Because, you know, mm. when you want to become an entrepreneur, or you change careers, people think you're insane. And <laughs> you know, they're like, why would you give that up for that?
1: Yeah, no, it's true. And And to your point, like there was, you know, Actually, so as a therapist, it tends to be a little different. It's very rare to find a salaried position in the type of work I was doing, where you're doing outpatient or agency setting uh, or in-home work. You tend to get paid by the hour or by how many clients you see by your clinical hours. So there was always a little bit of variation there. And when I, so coming from, I lived in Boston, to your point, for about six years after my master's and whatnot. And then I came down to Florida for a number of different reasons, mostly personal. And um I actually went back into an agency setting because I kind of doubted I said, you know, I don't know anybody here. It's a completely new ball game. I might as well get myself familiarized, knowing that it was very possible I could go back into a private practice setting or doing something a little bit different. Um, and Yeah. It's, you know, the catalyst was, I used to have, this might be TMI, but I had the worst stomach issues. It was to the point where like, I thought something was wrong with me. I'd seen doctors and like, couldn't really spot it, you know? And the irony, me being a therapist was like, it was literally just the constant state of stress and pressure I was living. And I didn't even realize it and uh, asked me the last time i had any stomach issues probably around the time i decided to make that shift it's not to say that i've never stressed or anything it's just to acknowledge that a lot of times we don't realize how it's impacting us and we work the majority of our lives so and and the majority of that time within our lives right so the catalyst for me to your question was just why am I continuing to choose to do this this way when I know I could be doing it another way? And I wanted to make it my own. I, you know, I have a creative twist on things. I enjoy the material and the content and the learning aspect of what I do. And I wanted to honor that. And it was truly kind of jumping into the deep end, uh, finally doing so and saying, I know at, at this point, I feel established enough. I know I'm good at what I do. I know I really enjoy what I'm doing. I have to make it work. And, you know, I have I had a child at that point, And it was just kind of saying, like, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for my family because I don't want to be spread so thin. I don't want to be working these type of hours. Uh, you know, I was an athlete and I, I hope my, for my children that they are involved in athletics or something or other. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to be part of any of that if this is my schedule. So it was kind of, it was kind of at a point, like a rude awakening of like, I'm not just a a business professional. I'm a person, I'm a mom, my well being matters was really the big twist and not honestly, not being fully willing to let go of being a professional and really enjoying this work.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. My sister is in healthcare, so I, I understand mm-hmm. it very well. She, yeah. she's a PRN. So mm. she's like, I'll, you know, work two, three days and then have six days off and,
1: right.
0: you know, um, so I, I get it. And circling back to Boston, when I said it almost killed me, I, I mm. understand. Cause I, I was having eye issues and they were like, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just the stress, you need to quit Uh, stressing. So I totally understand. Um, Here's a fun question. What did you want to be when you grow up? What
1: did I want to be when I grew up? So it depends on when you ask me. Most of my life, it was a a professional soccer player. I, and then, uh, you know, I just, I knew I wanted to be involved in sports as, as long as I could. Soccer was my first love. I played it through college. I don't regret any of it. I'm not. That's not to say it was easy. That's a big part of my mission as an entrepreneur too. We have a separate um, business going up for the athletes, and it really is a platform to talk about mental health and athletes and the reality of that. And um, you know, so it's kind of cool. I'm getting to live out that parallel life, and a lot of the performance and uh, consultation I do, the mental performance work I do, is with athletes in addition to entrepreneurs and business professionals. So while i am not a professional soccer player i'm sad to report maybe someday who knows <laughs> but <laughs> probably not <laughs> but i'm getting to honor that uh that piece of me ongoing by supporting that population by uh you know bringing in my expertise from the therapy and psychology and evidence-based practice realm to honor that you know when you're asking that much of yourself physically you're also asking that much of yourself mentally and That population does not get that type of support. So I wanted to be a professional soccer player. And then once I hit high school age, I took a psych class as an elective. And I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. And I knew that. I always knew I wanted to help people. I enjoyed being in a leadership role. So, kind of the accumulation of all of that led to where I am now.
0: What was the process of going from? You know, working private private industry to becoming an entrepreneur and having your own practice. Um, did you take any courses? Uh, networking, going to mixers. You know, what was the process and what did that look like?
1: Yeah. So I, like I said, I had a taste of it being a part of that small group practice. So that was a nice introduction. And when I really did it, when I really took the leap of going into my own world. I didn't do it alone. And I, I, I got news to you, it probably wouldn't have gone the same way if I had. So I kind of worked alongside someone else who had made the same decision around the same time I did. And I'd gone to networking events. I had realized that if I try to make my expert myself the expert in everything and figuring this out, I'm not gonna get anywhere. So I gave myself permission to get help in terms of, you know, website development, in terms of uh, you know, finances in terms of all these different things. I took some courses. Uh, part of what I do is writing. So I took a publishing course. I took a visibility course. That uh, You know, I'm involved in different networking groups. I think that's the biggest thing is, um, you know, with entrepreneurship and opening your own business, it can be very lonely. It doesn't have to be. And you tend to find that the most successful people uh, are not alone in what they're doing. It may look like it, but they're not. And there's a lot of backdoor stuff that goes on. So you know, initially that was the assumption was like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? And when I realized it doesn't have to be that way, it was almost, it was a huge relief, honestly. And I found myself being able to make leaps and strides so much differently than I I most likely would have had
0: I tried to do it on my own. Definitely, definitely. Um, Shout out to Christian. (laughs) Um, He is my entrepreneur buddy. There you go. Yeah, you need those and, accountability buddies. You need the yeah, experts. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talk can't do it every well. day. Like, he's That's texting awesome. me, like, right now. And, you Aww. know, we go talk about YouTube and Twitter yeah. and, you know, social media. And, you know, we want to do this and this. What about this yeah. idea, you know? I love so, it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you gotta have an accountability partner and you know uh, a person in your corner because, like you said, it For is sure. so so lonely. Um, you know, only a small percentage of people will ever take that leap and become an entrepreneur, yeah. um, and people just really don't understand.
1: Yeah, well, there's an even there's an even higher percentage to your point of like not many people do it, and then the people that do, there's such a high percentage of business owners, and entrepreneurs that it you know, quote, unquote, isn't successful, or they don't sustain or stay in that world, because it's just so overwhelming. I think a big part of that is not giving yourself permission to still have a community, or have a networking, uh, you know, world or an accountability buddy, or just, again, acknowledge that you can't possibly be the expert in everything, it's going to take away from the work that you're actually meant to do.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um... I, I, heard you when you said, you know, you contracted out the web development and things like that. Um, I'm a web developer, so I, I do all my own website. Yeah. but when it comes to, I call it coloring, you know, creating logos and templates, right. and things like that. Like I, I don't do that stuff. So, right, right. um, so yeah, I, I have a person that I've been working with, whoo, like over two years at this point. So, yeah. so yeah, um, I, I get you on that. Um, what are some of the positives and negatives of your new career? You kind of touched on it, you know, being an entrepreneur and things like that, but what keeps you up at night? <laughs> what keeps
1: me up at night? Uh, I'm someone who appreciates co- security and consistency. I'm, I'm, you know, I like to consider myself very ambitious and organized and you know what the things I want. Of course, I want them for myself, but I want them for my family too. And I want some big picture things. When I talk about pursuing visibility, it's not just because I like being on TV or something. It's because I feel like it's it's content that everyone can benefit from. So a lot of it is how to make these things happen and do it consistently. Um, you know, I've had some incredible months. The goal is to have consistently incredible months and years, et cetera. So. Uh, where in the grand scheme of things, I'm still a relatively new entrepreneur, that's that's kind of where the difficulties happen or like the trials and tribulations of just figuring and knowing that it is a little bit of trial and error, uh, if, if we're being honest with each other. But I'd say that the, the positives are that I can truly make it my own. And I think that that's what a lot of people are deprived of and where they get burnt out is Again, you're trying to fit a, a circle in a square or, or what have you, and you don't get to make it your own. You don't get to bring in your own twist or your own true expertise or your own perspective. And it keeps me so excited and so motivated to be able to add, you know, the writing aspect of my creativity, to add the speaking aspect, to give different perspectives, to be able to share these things, to talk this way. You know, there are certainly a good amount of therapists that will go on a podcast or, or do different things, but there's also a ton or probably the majority that does not. And I think it's fun. And it does. And again, I'm not saying like you should do that. It's more if you want to just being able to have the space to do that. So, you know, making your own schedule, being able to niche down on a certain clientele, I didn't have a say in who I saw. You, you know, you would have certain agencies that say like, oh, let us know, like if you have a preference, but guess what? You're you're getting who's next on the wait list. And especially if they think you're really good at something, you're gonna get the people that they think you're really good at seeing. And that's what's really cool about now is is that it's just a whole nother feel to the work because you're truly connecting with the people you're working with. You're getting to kind of discern what that looks like. And you're getting to add these creative twists that make you unique. And I think that adds value, really, to what you're bringing
0: into the world. <laughs> you have me laughing at, you know, you don't get to pick what you want to do at work. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? No, honestly. I mean, it's called spade a spade here.
0: <laughs> they might say that, but <laughs> <laughs> when I was at Microsoft, I was like the only one on my team that knew how to program. And they were there like, yeah, go. I'm going to put you here. And I'm like, no, don't. I don't want exactly. to do that. Exactly. Uh, luckily my boss didn't, didn't force me to do it, but yeah, that, that just brought back <laughs> some memories. Um, one thing that I was listening to on another podcast is that I don't know if it's the entrepreneurial trade or not, but, you know, we have all these interests, like you said, you write, you do speaking, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you manage your practice. Um, and they were saying that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are just all over the place or at least it looks like it's all over. <laughs> the
1: place. Sure. Um
0: and people are like like what are you what are you doing now you know and that's mm-hmm. why you need entrepreneur buddies because they're in that same mind frame of right. know, I'm about to pivot this way, I'm going to try this and you know I'm not going to yeah. knock it because I already know what the deal is. <laughs> right, right, right. Um do you find that you are all over the place. And let me add that, <laughs> that that he said in the podcast also that when you learn these things and do these things, it adds mm-hmm. to your value. And, sure. you know, adds to your value of being a mental health professional or me being an auditor or accountant or, you know, a tech worker or something like that. Um And so do you, do you think that you're all over the place and that it's the entrepreneur mindset or, you know you know I'm yeah. thinking what, what the problem is
1: so so here's the thing I, and this is why i love working with people in this world especially on the mental performance i think to to take the dive to be an entrepreneur or a business owner it takes a certain type of drive competitiveness and personality and for people that are truly that fueled by what they're doing to go out and do it to that extent I think you just like that drive becomes, I I call it the floodgates. And I joke, I'm like, I have some nights where I just can't sleep because my, I'm so excited about all these different ideas and I'm writing and I'm like in my notes section on my phone and I, and I see you smiling and nodding. It's like, if you're in that world, that's just how you operate a lot of the time. And, you know, there's certainly validity to knowing how to streamline that and make it so it doesn't feel all over the place. But yeah, I mean, it, I've learned to learn to rein myself in a little bit, but a hundred percent, like I can absolutely be all over the place because you get so excited and sparked by a certain idea and you're so all in on that. but then you like, oh, what about this? And, you know, again, those those creative juices kind of get flowing. So what I've learned to do is is honor it, listen to it, and then see how it's applicable. And is this something that's more of a hobby or, or like a side thing that I'm just it's for me, or is this something that's compatible with my business? So where my writing comes in is for for the longest time, uh, you know, kind of going back to our earlier conversation. I used to get the question all the time, like, "How do you do this?" So I was like, and consistently, just like, how are you doing this? Why are you doing this? This is so intense. How, are you not burnt out? How do you listen, you know, to X, Y, and Z all day? And I was like. This is a great start of a blog. So I started a blog called Sincerely Your Therapist. And I literally would talk about a therapist's perspective of like what I was doing. And, you know, obviously honoring confidentiality. I wouldn't go into detail, but just like how I attended my self-care, how I was doing what I was doing. And that led to, you know, when I was in a school system, I wrote it, I published a children's book. And so like it was always part of what I was doing. I tried to mainstream it as much as I could, but I I think you need to honor those creative aspects of yourself. And yeah, I think that it's also an important question to ask, like, is it applicable to what I'm doing or is this just for me? Because there's, you know, we're allowed to have hobbies too, but yeah, I think (laughs) the nature of the beast is if you're in this world, you have a lot of drive and a lot of creativity and a lot of ideas, whether or not you see it as creativity, like you, you have to kind of have that and that competitiveness and it can certainly look like being all over the place.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um... You kind of touched on it a little bit, but what kind of tips and tricks would you give to someone that wanted to, you know, change their career, whether it's change their industry or, you know, yeah, like I mean. going from audit to tech? Right,
1: right. I think the, one of the biggest things is there's so much noise, right? And we're getting everyone's highlight reel. Do not get discouraged because it's not going a certain way at first, right? I, I think that, you know, even with, Again, some of the most successful people's or entrepreneurs you see, this one's you know multi million or billion dollar business or whatever. It's not perfect. It's like a relationship. You see the relationships on on Instagram or Facebook or what have you, and even the good ones, like they have their glitches. We we all have our stuff. So just don't compare your trenches to someone else's highlight reel, and don't let that deter you from moving forward. Uh, another thing I would say is. I think sometimes it's like shooting a dart into the dark is get really clear on what's important to you, not what you think is supposed to be important to you, not what mom says or or this one or your friend or what you should be doing or what everyone else is doing. Really dial into what's important to you, what your values are, what your mission is, and you'll notice a really nice growth from there. I, I know that's really when I hit a stride in my own life, in my own career, was when I was able to dial into that really specifically. And I'm not saying that's an easy process, but uh, I think you know where people lose their motivation or lose their drive or where it's not consistent is you lose track of that why. And I know a lot of people talk about having a why, but what does that truly mean? It really is giving yourself permission in this life. What's important to me and what do I wanna do? And why do I wanna do that? So I think like you know the combination of giving yourself your permission to have your own process and not comparing Instead, using that as motivation or, or, uh, again, accountability, and then also just getting really clear on what that looks like for you in terms of why you want to do that. I think those are two really important aspects of getting started,
0: honestly. Definitely, definitely. So basically, Mm -hmm. make sure... (laughs) You don't keep up with the Joneses, you know. Yeah. Time waits for no one. YOLO and <laughs> uh, map out a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For so sure, you're exactly. not all over the place, and right you know, you have a goal, and you know you 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 set the first goal, get there, and then you keep going, 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 going. For until sure, until you get to the the last stop, and yeah. Um, yeah any any last words? Promotion website yeah
1: no if if you are someone that is new in your career or wanting to make the shift or you're just feeling unmotivated that again I, I work with you know highly driven, highly competitive professionals that just know they could be doing more, aren't sure how or you have, have these mental blocks or these areas, like I can't, I don't know how. So that's what I specialize in in my performance work. Um, again, I still do the therapy work individually and my my bread and butter right now is definitely helping with the performance aspect. I love someone who's who knows they want to do something, knows they want to go after it, and is just looking for the how or the emotional kind of pathway, like we were talking about too, like how to overcome the stress, the anxiety, uh, the performance anxiety, the comparison, the self-doubt, whatever that is. So I do a lot of work there. And um, you could get in touch with me on Instagram. I'm at uh, le underscore vie underscore psych. P S Y C H, And on my website, you can find me at levylifestyle.com And I'm on LinkedIn as well, Mia gardner Zamborano. So you, there's a number of places you can find me and I'd be happy to chat. I do, you know, free consultations and yeah, I look forward to, to hearing from any of you if you have questions or just want to connect further.
0: All right. Thank you, Mia, for coming on the podcast. My name is Elise Robinson, at Nobody Wants to Work, though. And see you guys next time. And thank you for subscribing.